So we're up to the beginning of Lama Tessim and Aleph. Just to review what we're referring to, Abaya had said that if a woman is, if a, if a person attacks a woman and then she passes away before he's taken to court, he technically doesn't have to face. The Gemara says that which is simple to Abaya was not so simple to Rava, because Rava asked the question: if a woman is uh, is attacked, and again the only time you pay is for the attack between twelve and twelve and a half, then she passes away, and then by the time you go to court. Do we go by the age that she was when she was alive? Meaning, she was a Naira when she was alive, so the money goes to her father, like any Naira. Or do you say, well, right now, if you were to continue her life, she's 13, 13 and a half, because it's a year later, and the money should go to her, because she's a Bagar, and now that she's not alive, it would go to her son. So the question is, does it go to her dad, or to her son that she had subsequently? Now, here's the problem. She passed away... She was attacked and passed away before she reached Bagar, which is, she passed away at 12 and a half, and she already has a son. The problem is that's not Shaykh and Metzius. That It's not possible, because the Gemara is going to prove that you could only become pregnant from the age of 12. At 12 and a half, it's too, it's too short of a period of time to have a child. So what are we talking about? So how could it be that the question is, you know, she passed away as a Naira. So the question is, do you go by the way she was now, or the way she was then? What's an afkamina? Do you give her son the money? How, is, how does she have a child? It's not possible. She passed away between 12 and 12 and a half. She can't have a child by then. It's just not, it's not shayach mitzis, because the Gemara assumes you can't become pregnant before 12, and if she passed away by 12 and a half and she already has a child, how's that possible? And if she was attacked, and also understand, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just not possible mitzis. So the Gemara says, Amiba Abra, how could she have a child? How could she become pregnant? Batani Rav Bibi Kameda Rav Nachman, Rav Bibi is taught in the name of Rav Nachman. Shalish Nashim Mishmashas Bemoich. The three women that we allow them to use contraception when they, uh, to avoid becoming pregnant because it will be Pikuach Nefesh, right? In general, it's a halachic problem. We have this Gemara numerous times, Sarah Chas. In general, it's a problem to use contraception when you're living with your wife, for her or for him. Uh, it's worse for him, but it will be also for her as well because it's Hashchas Azera. Unless it's pikuach nefesh. There are three categories of women that it's pikuach nefesh. What are those three categories of women? Ketana, a young girl, because it could kill her. Mu'uberes, a girl who's pregnant already because we're afraid that if she becomes pregnant again, it'll harm the first fetus. Uminika, and a woman who's nursing because if she becomes pregnant, it might cut off the milk supply, which would harm the baby that's nursing. Now, Kitana, what's the age? Shemet tesabra v'tamus. We're afraid that she'll become pregnant and passed away. Now, Mu'ubera, Shemet sandal. As I said, Mu'uberes, we're afraid that the fetus will become injured. And Menika, Shemet Tegmol's And Menika, we're afraid that the milk supply will be cut off. Now, so the question is, what's the age where we're afraid that she, if she becomes pregnant, it's dangerous? From 11 to 12, if they become pregnant, they're going to die. Meaning, not, you can't become pregnant from 11 to 12 and survive. Okay. So under 12, it's not a viable pregnancy. Okay. Now, less than 11, you're fine because it's not possible. And more than 12, you're fine. So, from 11 to 12, you could become pregnant, but you'll die. Okay. So the only time you could actually become pregnant in a healthy way is from 12 and on. So back to the question, how could she have a baby if she passed away before she's 12 and a half? That, that's the question. Now the Gemara speaks it out. Uh, the Chachamim say, And there's a famous teaching of the Rabbanon, 
that the Rabbanon say that all these women can uh, be with their husbands without contraception because Hashem will watch over that the, the women that it would be dangerous for them to become pregnant, Hashem will watch over. But back to the original problem, which is and if you say, okay, so again, this, this girl, girls cannot become pregnant before the age of 12, medically. Okay. She died before 12 and a half. And right, she was a Naira, right? She died as a Naira. She became pregnant as a Naira. How long is the, process, how long is the, is the length of Naira? Six months. It's not possible. You can't give birth in less that time. It's a healthy baby. So the Gemara says, uh, you can't give birth in less than six months. It's not, it's not going to be healthy. So, right, seven and nine is always the times that Chazal understood as a time for pregnancy. So, so it's not Shaykh. Bomber Shmuel and Shmuel said, Ain be Nairis the Bagasil Shishadoshim. Twelve to twelve and a half is Nairis. After that, you're a Bagar. So therefore it's not possible in Mitzis. So how could Rava be questioning the Shaila we had yesterday's daf, which is who does the money go to? Does it go to her dad or does it go to her son if she passed away? It's not possible. She can't have a son. Okay. So when I says, You're right. Scratch that. That was not his Shaila. His Shaila has nothing to do with his son. Rather, Elohachi Kamiboile. I'm sorry, and don't say that Nairis is just a minimum of six months, but maybe it's till she's 15. It says Ella. Ella is only six months, six months old. So Ella rather, this was Rabbi's Kasha. Not who does the money go to the father or the son. There is no son. The Kasha is The question is what, what Abaya said. This is what, what the Gemara meant yesterday. What Abaya felt for a certainty, which is that when a woman is attacked and then she passes away before she goes to court, there is no knas, Rava wasn't sure. That was Rava's kasha. Is there a knas or not? Meaning, do we freeze her by the age that she was when she passed away, in which case she was a naira, so there should be a knas going to the dad. Or do we say, right now, if she were to continue her life, right? If you, what's her age? She's 15, 14, or 13, in which case there is no knas. So that's the question. Do we continue her age... Because I think the point is that once once she reaches the age of Bagar, right, a standard girl, right? A standard girl is attacked twelve at twelve years old in three months. Okay? By the time they get to court she's already 12, 12 and a half. So what's the halacha? There is a knas, but it goes to it goes to her. Okay. So right? Because she's too old, it doesn't go to the father, but it goes to her. So now so now, right? That that's the halacha. Okay. So, the, so if you would do that for her, there is no her. So, maybe there's no obligation to pay. Well, well, hold on a Meaning, her rights are gone because she's dead. She doesn't have a child. When does she die? Twelve and a half. Thirteen. Thirteen, whatever. And it didn't get the court. Yet. Correct. So the question is, do you go by her age now, or do you go by her age when she was attacked? I guess the point is because now she's older than twelve and a half, then the money wouldn't go to the father anyway. Correct. Well, the question is, do you do you look at you know they have like well, Rebbe's so birthday is one hundred twenty. I mean, so they have. There is no her. So, so it probably would, but I guess the point is that because it, it because it, it could be that the chiyuv would just fly away. I, mean, the, the, I guess it's interesting. We're looking at is that if 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 because she's too young, if she's too old. And she's not there to receive it, then the poka is the gemara. Like it, like the chiv just goes away. It's an interesting svara. I, 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 
The, no, so now Abaya had Xeris Akasav. Right? Abaya just said, Lavi Hanayra Voi Lavi Mesa. Right? Abaya had this same Psak, but it was just Xeris Akasav. Rav is more going like rationally, like she's too old, so it's not to be the dad's, and it can't be hers because she's not alive anymore. There's no Chiv. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Pokav, Pokat Tviyas Av, Zach Alav, Mashabi Yoda. It's interesting. Oh, no, so Rashi points out. That's the answer. You don't give over penalties in inheritance. Exactly. So therefore, because she's too old, so it wouldn't go to the dad, it can't go to her because she's not alive, and it can't go by inheritance to her dad because it's a penalty. So it's a technicality. That's Rav Hashayimah. Um, had the same question, he just had a different jargon for it. Does death... Uh, continue the aging process into Bagras or not? Teku. He wasn't sure. And Leon will answer. Okay. Here's the question. If you attack a woman, and by the time you go to court, she's already uh, had Kedushin, who does the Manu go to? Do we say that it goes to the father because at the time of the attack she was single, or do we say that right now she's a married woman, it should go to her? Now the halacha is... If you had Nisuin also, it definitely goes to her, not to the dad. The question is, what about Kedushin? Is Kedushin enough to remove her from her father's domain or not? That's the Gemara's Shalas. The Gemara says, It doesn't say that you give it to the father of the girl who's not engaged currently. Right? It doesn't say that. Meaning, all it says is that she wasn't engaged at the time of the attack. We only care about the time of the attack. Right now, she's, who cares if she's engaged now? It, 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 when I say engaged, Kedushin. So it goes, to, it goes to the father. So the Gemara says, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> why don't you say the same thing? What's the halacha? If you, if you attack a woman and by the time you go to court, she's already had Nisuin, it definitely goes to the girl, not to the father. So why don't you say the same thing, right? The Pasuk doesn't say that. Right? Meaning, once you acknowledge that after Nisuin it goes to her, why not say the same thing after Kedushin? So the Gemara says, So what, what's the difference? So the Gemara answers very simply. It's very simple. The answer is, we find, that, let's say she aged out. By the time you go to court, she's already 13. Then the money goes to her. And that's automatic. You don't need like a bezin to establish. That's just automatic. She aged out. Nisuin also, by its nature, removes her from her father's house. Meaning, when you hit 12 and a half, that's bagger. She's already reaches a level of maturity that her father is no longer in control. So it automatically goes to her. It's the same thing with Nisuin. It doesn't make sense to give it to the father. Once you have a full-fledged husband, it doesn't make sense to give it to the father. Kedushin, the reason why we're not sure, and the reason why it could be a ghost of the father, is because halachically, after Kedushin, the father still has rights. The father can mefer her nedareha. He could annul her vows. So because the father is still halachically in control in some ways after Kedushin, it makes sense that he still retains the money, as opposed to age or as opposed to Nesuin, where the father no longer has any halachic rights to her. It makes sense that it would automatically go to the husband and go to her as opposed to the father. So the Gemara says, Marriage ages her out, so to speak. But Kedushin doesn't. The halacha is that Kedushin, 
the husband and the father can annul her vows, meaning the father still has certain rights to her. So because the father still has certain rights to her, he holds on to the rights until the Pasuk tells you otherwise, as opposed to Nesuin, which is a complete um, separation. It goes to her. It stays by the father. Twelve and a half, it goes to her. Okay. Now the Mishnah describes the difference between onus and mafata. Now, again, onus is rape. Mafata means seduction. But for a practical purpose, seduction doesn't mean that a guy talked her into it. The halach and the Ramam describes all premarital relations as mafata. It's consensual, but the assumption is that a girl, uh, she doesn't know what she's doing. He, the, he, the taiva of the man convinces her. That's why it's called mafata. So the halach is that there's a penalty by onus and there's a penalty by mafata. But I'll, I'll tell you outside the differences. The differences between onus and mafata is that first of all, onus has to pay automatically. Mafata doesn't because mafata only pays if he chooses not to marry her. You see, onus has to marry her if she wants it. If she chooses to marry her, he has to. Mafata's not like that. Mafata, he can choose to marry her. He could choose not to marry her. She could choose not to marry him. If they choose not to get married, he pays a penalty. If not, then there is no need. Um, that's the major difference between Onus and Mephata. Um Okay, let's see it inside. The Mishnah says, Hamafata knows in Onus Arba. One other distinction is how many things you pay. You see, an Onus pays four things, four monetary obligations. Mephata is three. Um, what are those things? Hamafata knows in Boshes, Pigam, and Knas. Right? And Mafat is going to pay for Boshas, the amount of embarrassment that she went through of having premarital relations. Pigam, her um, depreciation in the market, because now she is not a Basula. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and Knas, the financial penalty that the terrorist prescribed, 50 shekel. Onus, most of Onus, and Onus does those three, but adds also Tsar, the pain, the, the, the pain of the relations. Okay? Hamafata in an Osin is a Tsar. Onus knows in Miyad. Again, because anytime there's rape, you have to marry her if she chooses. The penalty is automatic. You always have to pay the penalty. There's no way getting out of the penalty, so you pay right away. Mefata, the The mefata only pays. Yotzi means divorce, but it doesn't actually mean divorce in this case. The Gemara is going to say it means if they choose not to get married, then then you pay. But if they choose to get married, then there is no requirement to pay. Yeah, but only if you choose not to get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Onus shows so the onus drinks from his own cup, meaning he's forced to marry her if she chooses, regardless of her condition. She could be ugly, she could doesn't matter. If she wants to marry him, I have no idea what the Stockholm syndrome what that would require, but if she chooses to marry him, then he has to marry her. Mafata is not like that. In the Mafata can choose to marry or can choose not. If they if they do get married, they can get divorced. Not onus. Not they, once they're married, that's it. They, he he can't initiate the divorce. It's also clear from the Gemara that she could initiate the divorce. She says, "I want out," right? Because the pasuk says that they can never get divorced. That only means they can never get divorced if he wants to divorce her. But if she wants out, she could say, "I, I need a divorce," and and he can give it to her. Um, <clears throat> Right, the onus has to marry her even if she's a chigeres. However, what if they get married, right? And he can't divorce her. What if she commits adultery? Oh, she can't divorce her? No, that, of course. Then, But if after getting married, there's, there was an act of adultery, so they're not allowed to stay married, then they're allowed to get divorced. 
Or perhaps, right, what if he's Ma'anis, a woman who's a Loisase? So of course he doesn't have to marry. There's no, there's no Svar that he can marry a Mamzeres because, oh, the Pasuk says to marry. No, of course not. The Pasuk only tells you to marry if you're right to marry her. If you're not right to marry, you're not supposed to marry her. In a Rasha Lakaima, then you can't stay together. That mitzvah of marrying and staying married only applies to a woman that you're halachically allowed to, to do so. Okay. Now, the Gemara says that there's a certain pain that you pay for by Oynes. The question is, what is that pain? And it's not going to be the actual living together, because the actual living together, the Gemara doesn't, there's a certain level of Hana, I guess. What specifically is the Tsar that you're paying for? I mean, we would, it's like to us, it's like the rape. But, but, like, but like what specifically, what element of it is the Tsar that you're paying for? Okay. So the Gemara says, Tsar Demai. What, what, what because again, you're paying Boishis, Begam, and other monetary obligations, but you're also paying for Tsar. What is the Tsar? So the Gemara says, Throwing her on the ground. Meaning the, the rough element to the relations, that roughness of throwing her on the ground, that, that is the, the that, that's the Tsar. Now here's the problem. And if you threw her on silk, <laughs> meaning, and, and if you didn't throw her down, then you wouldn't have to pay. It's a pella. And if you say, yeah, you don't have to pay, it can't be. I'll tell you why. Go to the next page. See, Rav Shimon's sheet is that you never have to pay by Oynes, Tsar, other things, but not Tsar, because he said she's eventually going to live with her husband. Meaning he looked at it as the, the, the Tsar is something that will eventually happen to her. You just happen to do it earlier. Meaning, it can't be the actual relations because she's eventually going to live with her husband. So why should I pay for something that's eventually going to happen? Now, which isn't self-interesting, but it shows you that the tsar is not throwing her on the ground because the husband's not going to throw her on the ground. So that can't be the tsar. It, the tsar is obviously something that eventually will happen to her. That's why Shimon says that you don't have to pay for it. To that, the Rabbana responds, which is what we would all say is that while it might happen to her later, um, you can't compare something that happens willingly to against your will. So, so you see that the tsar is not this outside of the fact. The tsar is something that will naturally happen later in life. So what is that tsar? There's a certain pain of spreading the legs that happens by relations that you're paying for that. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. If that's the case, if there's Tsar, then why don't you pay Tsar by, by Mephata? Right? Right? Mephata, you say, right? there's no Tsar by Mephata. Now, if, if there's a, a natural Tsar of Pisak or Aglayim, then why don't you pay by Mephata also? So the Gemara says, well, Ihachi mefusanami. Then why don't you pay them by mefatah? So you'll say, the Gemara. It's like a conversation. I'll tell you, it's a marshal. It's like someone comes over and he's like, "Rip my shirt." Okay, I'm gonna rip your shirt. I'll rip your shirt. Meaning you're moichel. Meaning there is a tsar, but because this is consensual, she's moichel on the tsar, so you don't have to pay for it. Here's the problem. That can't be it. First of all, she's not Michael. The other things, the answer is also, the money's not going to her. The money goes to the dad. She can't be Michael on her father. Meaning, we look at it as all these things as like her father's, it's really her father's rights. So she can't be Michael on that. That's why you pay Boishis, Pegam, right? If she was older, if, not she was older, she was a Yasoma, we had this earlier, you don't pay anything. Because she's Michael on everything, and she has the rights to be Michael. But when her father's alive, she can't be Michael on anything. So, so, so it can't be that there is a Tsar, but she's Michael. She doesn't have the right to be Michael. The Gemara says, 
Shalavuaninu, it's her father's rights. She can't be Michael on that. So the Gemara says, The smart women say, The answer is, there is no tsar. Meaning, it's only tsar when it's non consensual. That piece of her glime, there is no tsar when, it's, when, it's, when, when, when she's willing to do this. The Gemara says, I thought, No, if you ask them, they say there is tsar. <coughs> so the Gemara says, so the answer to all of this is that there is a small amount of tsar when it's consensual, that piece of her glime, but it's offset by the hana of the maisa, meaning it's a small level of tsar. When it's bo'inis, when it's an attack, it's, it's a lot of tsar. When it's consensual, it's a small level of tsar. So it's not that there's no tsar, there's a little level of tsar, but it's balanced off by the hana, so it's, it becomes like no tsar. So we call it no tsar, even though there's a little bit of pain, but it's offset by the pleasure of it, therefore it makes the pain negligible. The Gemara describes the pain, it's like warm water on uh, someone who's bald. Do you feel it? You feel it, but it's not It's not terrible. <laughs> okay, it's a little bit like, oh, that's that's a little painful. <laughs> but if you're taking a shower, it's Kedai, so it's the same thing over here. Rava Omar, Amrali Bas Rav Chizda, it's like uh, getting a, a, a pinprick on your finger when you're a doctor and the doctor's office is a little prick. It's a little pain, but it's not. Uh, it's nothing to. It's nothing that you're gonna write home about. So, again, and it's offset by the hana and Rav Papa Amar Amrali Basaba. They're all describing what their wives said to them. It's like if you ever eat um, too much bread, and it like goes down your throat slowly, and you're like, <clears throat> all right. That's like there's a smile discomfort. That's the tsar. But when it's bainus, it's a higher level tsar. That's what you pay. Okay. <clears throat> the Mishnah said that the oinus pays it right away, the knas, but the mafuta only pays l'kishi yaitzi. Now, technically, l'kishi yaitzi means when you get divorced. Why should you pay when you get divorced? So I said when we read the Mishnah that l'kishi yaitzi actually means not when you get divorced, when you choose not to marry her. Meaning, the mafata has a choice. He can marry her and not pay. Or he could decide not to marry her, and then he pays. Yeah, so, so I'm bringing it back. So, so th- th- when the Mishnah says L'kishiyotzi, that technically sounds divorce, but it doesn't actually mean divorce. It means choosing not to get married. It means, it's actually, it would be more accurate to write lo yichnos. So the Gemara speaks this out, L'kishiyotzi ishtahi, what do you mean? Kishiyotzi means divorce. Once you divorce, what are you you're getting divorced? What do I have to pay for? What are you, I have to pay a knas when I divorce her? What are you talking about? When it says you pay the, the mafuta, the mafata pays a knas, lakishiyotzi, it doesn't mean lakishiyotzi when you get divorced, it means if you choose not to marry her. Okay. Tanya mihachi, the Bryce similarly states, boom, the Bryce speaks it out. The mafata pays when he chooses not to marry her. But, by the way, the knas, the mafata only pays. If he chooses not to marry her, but either way, he's paying boshes and pagam. Those monetary obligations he has to pay regardless. He pays right away, right? So there's the boshes and pagam. Right? If you seduce a woman, you have to pay boshes and pagam right away. It doesn't matter. You could marry her or not. You're paying that. The knas, the fifty shekel knas to the father, you only pay if you both choose not to marry each other. Okay. <laughs> Now, the Gemara speaks out this one more halacha. It's an easy daf today. The Gemara speaks out that who could object to the marriage? Now, let's just go through, again, categories. Onus, 
he cannot object. If they want to get married, he's getting married. Okay? Who could object on her side? She can. And her father. Mefata, he could object. She can object. And the father can object. Everybody can object. So the Chiddush of this Gemara is that the father can object by Onus and Mefata. Meaning, if she wants to get married to the Onus, and the father's like, nope, the father can shut it down. Why? Because it's his, it's his cover. He doesn't want his daughter to marry a rapist. I get it. So, meaning, meaning, and, and it's his, and it's his covered. It's his covered because it's she's under his jurisdiction. She, he has the right to nix it. Yes, I would assume so. When he, once she's older, if she aged out, then he loses the rights to to the money. Does he off. also have the lose the rights to? Hmm. Yeah, I would assume so. Oh, oh. Actually, Tysus, I just noticed this. I actually think that he could, be, he could nix it even past that age. Because Tysus speaks it out. Tysus says it has to be that she's older than 12 and a half, because she's, if she's under 12 or under 12 and a half, then why does she get the right to cancel? She's a katana. The father can marry her off Balkarcha. So why does she get the rights to cancel? Right. So it must be older than 12 and a half, which means older than 12 and a half, the father still has the rights. So even though the father loses the financial rights, he has the rights to nix the wedding. It seems from the flow, I didn't, again, obviously I didn't have time to check this out, but it seems from at least the kasha of Tysus, and nothing ever changes from the kasha to the tarot, but from the kasha, <laughs> from the kasha of Tysus, it seems that he has the rights to nix it even after 12 and a half. That's what it seems like from, uh, if there was like a recording, I'd pause. Uh, yeah, I think, I, think, I think the father can. Okay, let's go weiter. Um, yeah, I, th- I think so. So, so the Gemara says, how do I know this? That the father can be ma'akiv by both Oynes and Mephata. Bishlem and Mephuta. Let's go to Mephata. Ksiv. Imoen yimoen avia. The Pasuk specifically says the father refuses. And it says ma'en yimoen, which is a double lashon. The extra lashon is to say the father can refuse and she could refuse. I only know that the father can refuse the marriage. He and I. How do I know that she could refuse the marriage? The extra So by mafata, both can nix it. The question is ones. ones. See by ones it says midaita. means that it has to be her das. So by mafata it speaks out the father, and we know that she could also do it. By ones it just has to speaks out. Her nixing the wedding, it doesn't speak out the father. So how do I know the father? So the Gemara says, Ela avia minolan. That's the question. We have that the father can nix mefata. We have that she can nix mefata. We have that she can nix the onus. How do I know the father can nix the onus? So there's two different explanations. Abaya says, Abaya just says it's a svara. It doesn't make sense that the rapist should be able to get away with it. Meaning, I understand he's paying and he's getting penalized. But if he could marry a girl against the family's wishes, then it's like he wins again. We're not going to allow that. Rabbah says a very simple svar, and that is it's a kavachaymer. You're telling me that the father can nix a mafata, 
Mafata, understand, understand. We think of seduction as like a guy like whispering and then like the girls. Mafata is a guy and a girl who went to a modern Orthodox school together and they're a boyfriend girlfriend. That's Mafata. Mafata just means it's premarital relations. They love each other. They're, they're screaming at the dad, but I love him. The father can nix that. So the Rava says, You want to know? I know that the father can nix Mafata because that's the Pasuk. You want to know how I know the father can nix the rapist's wedding? If he can nix the, 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 the boyfriend-girlfriend wedding, that they love each other and they're in the yearbook together, I'm pretty sure it makes sense. It's a kavachaymer. He can nix the wedding of the guy who is ma'anis, the daughter. If you're worried about his covid, you're worried about the father's covid by mafata, oynis kavachaymer. So the Gemara says kavachaymer. Uma mafata. By mafata shloy over Right? Who is the only one upset by mafata? She's not upset. She has a girlfriend. She has a boyfriend. He's not upset. She's, he's got a girlfriend. The only one that's upset by Mafata is the dad. Because of that, he ha- he's able to nix it. Oynes, well, who's upset by Oynes? The father and the daughter. They're both upset. You tell me the father can't nix it? It's, it's a pella. So Abaya says the source that the father can nix it by Oynes is Shalei We don't want the rapist to get away with it. Rabbah says it's a Kavachaymer. If he can nix it by Mafata, he definitely can nix it by Oynes. Now, why do they both not like each other? Why does Abaya not like Rava and Rava not like Abaya? So, Rava, Le'amar Kabaya, Kivin Zekam Meshalim, Knas, Lav What's Abaya's Svar? The father can nix it because we don't want the rapist to get away with it. So, Rava could say, he's not going to get away with it anyway because he's paying all the financial penalties. So, he's already penalized. So, maybe the father doesn't have the right to cancel it. You can say, well, the father has the right to cancel it because we don't want the rapist to get away with it. We don't want to, we don't want to reward bad behavior. Well, we're already penalizing him thousands of dollars. So maybe that's enough. Maybe the father doesn't have the right to cancel it. Maybe which is that we don't want the rapist to get away with it. He's already not getting away with it because he has to pay the money. So that's why Rava doesn't like Abaya, that that's the source that the father connects it because I, 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 he's, already, he's already being penalized pretty heavily. Why does Abaya not like Rava? Again, Rava's svara is that if if he can cancel, if the father can nix it by Mafata, he should be able to nix it by Onus. Why does Abaya not like that Kavachomer? So he says, Abaya Loyamakaraba, Mifata, he answers like this. It could be that the father's what, what's the what's the Kavachomer? The Kavachomer is if the father can nix it by Mafata, the father should definitely be able to nix it by Onus. Maybe, maybe we should look at it differently. Who's the one person that we really need to get on board? Obviously the wife. She's still a person that's involved. So we gotta get her on board. So we're assuming, though, that if the father can nix it by mafata, he definitely can nix it by onus. Maybe not. Maybe the father's decision is equivalent to the guy. Meaning, the most important person, like 80% of importance, is the girl. If you had to give out 20% of importance, well, there's the dad, and then there's the man. Maybe the dad and the man are the same. Meaning, by rape, where the guy has no choice, we don't give any credence to the dad's decision. By Mafata, where the guy does have a choice to marry her, then we do give. Meaning, the Kavachaymer is based on the premise like, well, if the father connects it by Mafata, Kavachaymer connects it by Onus. Maybe not. Maybe the father's decision, he has as much vo- vo- voting power as the man. So by Onus, 
where the man has no voting power, the father has no voting power. By Mafata, where the man has a voting power, the father has a voting power. The Kabbalah doesn't necessarily work, right? That Kabbalah is just assuming, well, if the father has the right to veto it by Mafata, Kabbalah by Onus. Maybe not. Maybe the, right, the father's rights is equivalent to the man, in which case it's only by Mafata and not by Onus. So that Kabbalah doesn't necessarily work. The Gemara speaks it out. Mefata, the Matsimaakiv, the Vietnami Matsimaakiv. Oyanis, the Uloi Matsimaakiv, the Vietnami Matsimaakiv. Okay. Huh? I don't know. Because maybe I, I, I don't know. It's very strange because it's like I, I, this makes it sound like the dad doesn't really have his daughter's best interests at heart. Because the the man has his motives. The, the we always equate the girl with her dad in that they're both aligned. Yeah. So this is for some reason we're saying maybe not. I I don't know. It's a strange. It's a strange like twist. Well, maybe not because. He's the one who doesn't want her and the father. They both, man and girl, and the father are both on board. He's the one who is going against both of them. Yeah, but still, okay. But still strange that, like, by onus, because the rapist doesn't have a choice, and the father doesn't have a choice. It's like, why are you... Okay. Because the rapist doesn't have a choice. The father, it's most obvious what their choice would be in that case. Maybe. I don't know. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I, I'm not sure. It's like a twist. Unless he would say, like... Seems like a nice guy. Not even that. Not, no, it's definitely not that. We really hit it off at the Shabbos and I table. Yo, yeah, yes, obviously, correct. Yeah, but still strange. Yeah, it's still strange. I don't know. It's a strange. Uh, listen, I guess it's enough to reject the Kavachimer. It's not necessarily enough yeah. to be true. Um, one last little sugya before we stop, and that is. If a man rapes the woman, right, so he has to pay the knas, can that be instead of the ksuba? Now, you'll say, why? But then you should really say a bigger question is, how are they getting divorced? I thought they have to stay married together forever. So to answer that, she could want a divorce. So if she, like, wants a divorce and she makes him crazy and she's like, I'm getting a divorce, and she goes to court and petitions it and he gives her divorce, does he have to pay the ksuba or could the knas be instead of that? Now, why would it be? The Gemara is going to bring us far. The Gemara says like this: Tanya Idach, the Brisa teaches. <clears throat> if you rape a woman, you have to pay. But Kishayotzi, who ain't a love klum, when they get divorced, he doesn't have to pay the ksuba. Meaning the knas will cover the ksuba. So the Gemara says, Kishayotzi, how are they getting divorced? I thought they can't get divorced. So what are you, what are you talking about? he ain't a love klum. Meaning, if 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 she chooses to get divorced, he doesn't have to pay the knas, uh, pay the ksuba. And mace, yotza kesuvasa, And if he dies, that's a, by the way, it's a much easier way. If he dies, then the money that she would get as a ksuba, the knas will cover. So, i.e., the knas equals the ksuba. Okay, meaning there is no ksuba for this woman. The knas will just be instead of the ksuba. So now, it's fifty shekel. Oh, I'm not one of those guys that can do this. It's 50 shekel, and that's 200 zuz. Yeah, it's different. It's different values, but it's close. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There are people that are like, well, one zuz is equal to a third of a dinar, and a third of a dinar is equal to... I don't know, I can't do that. Um, no, but listen, all those are rabbinic. Those numbers are rabbinic. The whole ksuba is a rabbinic concept, but even if you believe that a ksuba is a biblical concept, the values are rabbinic. So, so Chazal decided the 50 shekel will cover. Now, why they'll cover in a second, we'll explain. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Aymer, Yesha Ksuva Mana. 
No, there's a ksuba of a mana, the ksuba of a, of a non-basula. Now, what's the machlegas? The machlegas is, does she have a ksuba or not? So what's the machlegas about? Very simple. What's the whole purpose of a ksuba? Why do we give a woman a ksuba? To make it hard to divorce her. He can't divorce this woman. <laughs> the whole point is to make it hard to divorce her, to make him think twice before he divorces her. He can't divorce this woman. So so unless she wants it. Like it, it's the one time where she she's got the upper hand. The whole purpose of a ksuba is because women don't have the upper hand. This case specifically, there's no need for a ksuba. Rav Yosibar Yehuda Savar Hanami Mitzayla Adam Rehilai Binalach. Rav Yosibar Yehuda says at the end of the day she could make him crazy until he chooses to divorce her. So because divorce is possible in this marriage, it's like any other marriage that Chazal or Metakin. I Meaning basically, do you say that like it's not in this case it's not necessary? Rav Yosibar Yehuda says, listen, in this case, if you're asking, yes or no, can she get divorced? I don't get. Could she get divorced at some point? Yeah. Then you need Ksuba. Once Chazal decided Ksuba, Ksuba. One more line, we'll just finish with this. One last question, and that is, if a man rapes a woman, the halachas of Onus and Mefata are very similar, right? The values, we had in yesterday's daf, the values are, are you learn out from both. They're both like half of a coin. It says 50 by Onus, it says shekel by Mefata. You put it together, it's 50 shekel by both. So the halachas are very similar. One major difference is, can he choose to not marry her? Onus, he has to marry her. Mefata, he doesn't. Why not make that same drush and say they're the same? Right? We're comparing the halachas all the time. The Gemara says, We compare Onus to Mefata all the time. Go to the next page. Why don't you, why don't you, you compare the halacha in that regard also? And Rashi says, Why don't we force the Mefata to marry her? The same way we force the rapist to marry her if she chooses, why don't you do the same thing for Mefata? Why by Mefata does he get a choice? The answer is Amar Kra Moihar Yimarenu Loy Isha. It says Loy Loy Midaitai. It says Loy that he chooses to marry her. Loy means it's his choice. So because the Pasuk specifically says that it's his body, his body, his choice. So because the Pasuk specifically says that he has a choice, therefore you see the halacha is different than Onus.